This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gigolasso Weekend Recap. It's a stalemate at Anfield. North London bookends the PL standings and Juventus take an L after losing Cristiano Ronaldo. We'll be getting to all of that and more. But first, the first stop on our whistle stop tour of the weekend is in the northeast of France where we get to see Lionel Messi play his first competitive fixture for a team not named Barcelona. We got Jimmy Conrad. We got Heath Pierce. Gigolasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. If you're listening this to audio later on, we appreciate you. Oh, man, another busy weekend. Let me say hello to the boys first. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. Obviously, some history made with Messi putting on a PSG shirt, as I think about a gajillion people said on the Internet. Uh, it looks a little weird for him to, to not only be wearing a PSG shirt, but also wearing basketball shorts while he's playing. It just throws <laughs> me off a bit. <laughs> How do you feel, bud? I'm feeling good. Thank you for asking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it short. I'm feeling good. I'm excited about this conversation today. A lot, I feel like we've entered a whole new uh, footballing world, so I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's always good to have the boys, Jimmy and Heath, the fellas, as I would call them last season. I think we can take that back, I think. Uh, <laughs> listen, we mentioned... It was a long, big weekend. By the way, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, thank you so much. Please leave a question, leave a comment. Our producer, Des, will put, put it up on the screen. Even some good comments. We'll put it up on the screen. We want to engage more with the audience this season. So please, please, we want your questions. Heath Pierce, Jimmy Conrad, their names on Twitter as well. All right, let's get going. Oh, by the way, please like and follow, subscribe, etc. The mandatory uh, comment that I always have to say and I always forget, but we do. It is important. We want to grow this Que Golasso family. Let's get things going. Rams, PSG, Kylian Mbappé brace. A tremendous uh, brace. Very well done from Kylian Mbappé, but obviously the highlight, the main attraction. Why anybody that probably wasn't really interested in this game, probably, uh, you know, tuned in was to see Lionel Messi make his debut. And we had to wait all the way to the, towards the end of the second half. He made his debut. Give me your thoughts uh, overall, Jimmy Conrad, as Messi introduced himself to PSG, albeit away from home. Okay, fair play to PSG for getting the results. Uh, I thought that Rem deserved a goal. And when it was even, I was like, that seemed okay, all things considered. But uh, more often than just the result, it was more about, body language. Mbappe scores twice. How is he going to celebrate? Is he going to shush anybody? Is he going to put, you know, his fingers in his ears? Is he going to be a part of the team? Like what is, what's going on? You know? So there's a lot of body language stuff that I think all of us were paying attention to. That's one. And then on the messy front, I just have a little bit of a beef with Mauricio Pochettino, the manager of PSG, because listen, it's still entertainment, right? There's still an entertainment factor to this. We all want to see Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe playing at the same time. So when he subs off Neymar to bring on Messi, I was slightly disappointed. I wanted to see some history. We saw a little bit of it, but it wasn't how it could have been. And I just feel like we missed a magical moment. And if Mbappe ends up leaving the Real Madrid, 
Well, then that'll never happen. We'll never, ever see those three, unless it's some charity game in about 25 years and they can't move anymore. Then then we're never going to see those three uh, on the field on the same team at the same time. <laughs> he chime in, man, because I agree. Yeah. I mean, you know, Pochettino's just teasing there, isn't he? He's like, I'm going to take off Neymar and I'm going to put on Messi. Yeah, I was thinking through this uh, earlier today and and throughout the weekend as I looked at sort of uh, Barcelona-less Messi uh, as well. And I was thinking, like, wh- what do you do with one of the greatest ever to play the game, right? We see Ronaldo now, right? Ronaldo became, at Juventus, a diminishing return for what he demanded salary-wise, the restrictions of signing new players and things like that. And I was thinking about that through the lens of Messi. I say, take the salary out of it. But how are you going to get the next, the best two years out of Messi? How do you, and then Neymar as well, right? And it's disappointing to see them sub in and sub out. But I have a feeling we're going to see this a lot, especially in the league where you're trying to just basically run these guys on Neymar because of injury prone uh, and Messi because he he's up there in age. Now you're starting to run them on these cycles that are a little bit more extended than I think a Ronaldo had the luxury of doing at a Juventus where could, would it have been better to keep him out of a lot of games last year? Absolutely. But they were in a title chase all year long and then eventually fell short. And now you've wasted uh, these legs on him. And I think that's where I was starting to think about it, where I was like, it's kind of lose-lose wherever Messi goes. Yes, he'll probably win a Champions League with PSG. But outside of that, how how do you get the most out of somebody at their age? And I feel like now we're just seeing these landing places. And again, I won't go back into other sports, but you see these landing places for these players that want to do one more thing and then it's up to that club to balance his workload, his his schedule, his timing to make sure that you're like, we are spending a lot of money on this guy. So if we get 20, how do we get 20 games? Or it's not going to be 20 because they play like 70. But how do we get 30 <laughs> games out of him that are the best 30 we could possibly get as opposed to, as, as Jimmy mentioned, it's entertainment. We want to see him play. We want them all see him play together, which I, I totally agree with. But how do we get every minute that he plays has some sort of function or some sort of benefit to the team, to the club and where we're trying to go? Yeah. Let me ask you something, Jimmy, because you brought it up early on. Uh, Mbappé scored a brace. Uh, you know, great performance from Kylian Mbappé. I don't know if our producer can post it up right now as Fabrizio Romano was tweeting uh, per some quotes from Mauricio Pochettino after the game. He was obviously asked about Mbappé and he said, Mbappé is our player. You know, the football industry is full of rumors Our president and sporting director have been clear. He's with us. I'm very happy. One of the most important players in the world. Is Mbappé going anywhere, Jimmy? I don't think it makes sense for Real Madrid, frankly. It doesn't make any financial sense. So I know that Heath is kind of the master of the numbers uh, on the business side of the game. So I'll let him chime in on why that would make sense for Real Madrid. But I just don't see it. I don't understand why they just can't wait nine or ten more months and get him for free and then take that money that they were going to spend on him right now in this transfer window and use that to help build out a more robust team, especially with Modric and Cruz currently hurt with Real Madrid. Like, that's not going to get any better for those two guys. They're getting older as well. Casemiro's got a ton of mileage on his legs. You're going to need some really important players in that part of the field. And not everybody's going to be able to come for free. Sure, there's a Pogba out there. Sure, there's a Camavinga. And that would be amazing if they all decided to come together. But what are the likelihood of that? I don't know. We've seen some crazy things, and this transfer window has completely melted my mind about 17 times. But <laughs> I, I just wonder if it makes sense for anybody. Now, sure, Mbappe, you know, he he I, clearly he's frustrated and something there's something pent up there, and he wants to be in control of his destiny a little bit. So there, I don't know. There, there's some acting out there. He's also very young, and and this is maybe his first rodeo at this level. Even though there was some friction when he left Monaco to join PSG in the first place. 
I don't know. I'm kind of curious, Heath, if you want to chime in here about the business sense and as to why this would make sense for anybody. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think this. Yeah, I, I don't think this requires a ton of expertise on the subject, right? <laughs> they know. Everybody knows where Mbappe is going. This is a personal thing for maybe for him. It's like an ego thing to to prove to me you want me. But on the flip side, like he benefits more salary wise if he costs less. And I know there's like percentages that go to transfer bonus or transfer fees and things like that. But you also want to know that like this window of time is going to be sort of the post Messi era of Barcelona. The post Ronaldo era is almost gone. But you still have Benzema. You still have Cruz. You still have a lot of these lingering um, high quality players. But if I'm if I'm Mbappe, I'm going there saying we're going to build a dynasty. I need to know that you're not just bringing me thinking this will be the next thing that gets us a season, and then the season after that we'll see. Like all of those teams that were the best. If you look past the last 10, 15 years of those super clubs, there was a plan behind it. It wasn't just a big smash and grab job, get a player, and, and now you're going to win or compete for trophies. It was picking up pieces, some of them on free transfer, some of them are big signings, some of them are building a new a, a, a system around your big stars. The Galacticos have always had big stars, but there was still a team built around them. And I think they're getting to that edge now. Sergio Ramos gone as well as we know. I think we're getting to a point now where now you've got, if you're, if you're Mbappe, you're thinking, but what other tools are you going to have? If you, spend all your, <laughs> if you spend all your money on me, then what is there? And again, I don't think it's all their money. I think they have plenty of money to, to, to spend in this scenario. But it would just be smart business knowing where else would he go? Man City? He's already at PSG. He's not going to Barcelona. Like, you know that's going to happen. So why not take advantage and go, well, mm -hmm. we could put 50 here now or 100 here now. Or we just sort of wait knowing it's going to come anyway. Sign your pre-deal. Start to build the hype. And then from there, you've got Mbappe. And once you've got Mbappe, every other player that you've got your eye on that's going to go, well, who else are you bringing? Who else is invited to the party? You've got him to leverage anybody else you want to bring in and say, we're building something here. And now it gets a little bit easier. That's at least my take. Yeah. No, I think it's a very good take. I think ego is a proverbial word here. Ego from all <laughs> perspectives. Al-Khalifi wants to hold on to it. He doesn't care about the money, right? He just wants to like get one out of Florentino Perez. He's not a fan of Florentino Perez. I think the other way around as well. Florentino Perez is so angry still about the Super League situation. He wants to get one over Al-Khalifi, of course. You know, and you know, to your point, Mbappé could enter La Liga as literally the marquee player. I mean, Benzema said, but he would be like the new face of La Liga, at least for the foreseeable future, unless like Erlen Haaland or somebody enters in. So is this just Florentino Perez, Jimmy, trying to save face after the Super League? I want to bring that back. Do you think that's just him saying, I'm so pissed about the Super League? We are Real Madrid and we got totally embarrassed, not just by anybody else and supporters, but also Al-Khalifi. Is this him just saying, I want Mbappé because I want to finish this transfer window to remind everybody that we're still Real Madrid? I don't think it's about the Super League, frankly. I actually think there's more of a power struggle between La Liga and Real Madrid and obviously mm -hmm. a power struggle between Real Madrid and UEFA and, and just where their role is and how much uh, income they, they, they generate, how much of a bigger you know slice of the pie that they want. And and we could probably sit down and have a nice argument about whether they do deserve a little bit more given how much they do produce uh, in terms of eyeballs and everything else that come along with it. I, what I find interesting about Florentino Perez is we talk about ego. I put out a tweet recently about ego is a crazy drug when talking about Cristiano Ronaldo trying to take some shine away from everybody else. 
that has close to 5,000 retweets, and I've gotten a lot of hate. So that's been a lot of fun. Speaking of ego, Jimmy just told us how many retweets he got. Yes, Jeez exactly. Louise. Well, that's the thing. People are like, well, don't you have an ego? You're a pro- <laughs> like, First of all, they called me a journalist, which I'm a faux journalist. I want to yeah. just put that out there. Secondly, I never said I didn't have my own ego. Everybody has to have some ego, right? I mean, if you're going to go out there and put yourself out there, you have to have a little bit of confidence in yourself, and that can be uh, generated and should be generated from having a nice, healthy ego because uh, you believe what you're saying. But I, I, with Florentino Perez, he's an interesting cat. That's what I'll say. And, and I just think, yeah, there's a lot of power and greed attached to him as well. And he likes to be in control. That's very clear. And if he can get his hands on Mbappe now, then I can understand where that's coming from. I also feel like there's some pre- there's pressure. La Liga just signed a billion-dollar contract uh, here for, for TV rights in the States. And all of a sudden, you lose Messi. That's that's there's nobody else in your league that's going to be able to move mountains like Messi, and so there could be some urgency and some pressure behind the scenes. Going, hey, we just we got to sign somebody, and if that's Mbappe, let's just do it now. We'll somehow figure it out after the fact. Just get him here and and take it from there. So I don't know. Do you think that's enough? Do you think that's enough, like to to change that, or do you think it's like, hey, let's actually go back to the league and team strategy of. I don't think Mbappe is enough to turn all these eyeballs and go, oh, the ROI on this is good. This, this is messy to Mbappe. Could Mbappe be one of the greatest players ever? Absolutely. Has he won just about everything you can at his age? Absolutely. But I, I, I would counter, or I'd, playing at devil's advocate here, I would look at it the other side and say, well, let's bring him in. And while we're waiting for him to come, let's make sure everything is in a good place. Let's rebuild the strategy of the league, the image of the league, bring in big players, make it exciting, make a big splash. We've now sold these rights for a lot of money. We've got money. Let's do it the right way mm-hmm. instead of like a, a Band-Aid over the situation where Mbappe just goes, oh, yeah, the league is a marquee league again because we brought in a mm-hmm. player uh, and showed that uh, finances mean mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. You the can problem see, is, too much though, sense. You're making too much sense, Heath. Yeah, that's true. That is too too, that's, that's, that's too, that's, there's too much logic in that. So let's <laughs> go much. back to the other thing, which is far more likely. Uh, <laughs> there is one caveat, of course, that we have to remember. It's also about the fact that in January, this conversation is totally different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the other part of it. All right. I don't want to stick around too much because there's so much to discuss. I do just want to ask something very quickly. Just a, a very quick. What, what do you think of this? You know, Messi, Ronaldo, which team suffers the most at this point? Barcelona or Juventus? Forget the financial part of it, because obviously Barcelona is in deep trouble. Just I would say, a- yeah, Barcelona suffers more. Uh, I think that yeah. Juve in, in a lot of ways were ready to move on from You're Ronaldo. suffering. Yeah. Well, yeah, Juve <laughs> did lose to Empoli, so there's that. But I would say that in the long term and, and maybe even the short term, Juventus needed to kind of shed Cristiano and, and to have to build around him for one more year, even though you knew he was going to leave at the end of the season. Now you can start to focus on other people. Messi, I think, was a bit more of a surprise. They still had all – they've leaned on him for so many years. That's definitely a bigger loss. I would so agree who with that. Benefit- I, I, yeah, go sorry. ahead. No, 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 no. I, go ahead. My main thing is that I agree with that only in the fact that there was just like a trigger that changed everything, right? There was this like souring of a club and a history of the greatest player ever, one of the greatest clubs of all time. And it just was this thing that was getting so bad that it had to happen. But then when it happened the way that it did, you're just like, there's just not a lot. I was actually going to ask both you guys, and I, we don't, you don't have to answer now, was if you're a player like Dest, you know when players go to a club because of the player and the team and the the the, the magnitude of the club? Do you think they look at it and go, oh man, this is a different place now, like... Or, I mean, it's still Barcelona, right? Don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, but like you're looking at it going like, this is a little bit different than what I thought I signed up for. Forget uh, Dest, Heath Pierce. Yeah. Sergio Aguero. That's fair. No, but no, no, I'm thinking no. through the lens of the U.S. In, in the sense of like, no, 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 this player I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. I just, 
I just think that it's more emphatic to think about his I best think. friend. Yeah, yeah. Be like, I'm <laughs> leaving Man City to move, and we're gonna have great times. We'll have like dinner Sunday nights. Oh, peace. Yeah. I'm out. Like that's yeah, massive. Like, hey. I'm I'm outside, man. I brought pizza, and he's like, "Hey, man! Oh, great! Can you come over to Paris and send it over?" Yeah. The worst part, and by the way, they can go spend Sunday nights in Paris or anywhere they want at any time. Home by breakfast. I don't feel too sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jimmy, let me ask you this: Which team benefits the most, PSG with uh, Messi or Man United with Ronaldo? I would say Manchester United for sure with Cristiano Ronaldo. I think he does actually fill a bit of a void for them. Uh, I saw Ole Gunnar speak about Ronaldo today after the game against Wolves, and he just said, we want to get him in the box. We want him on the end of stuff in the box. Pretty simple. Whereas uh, Messi's a bit of a luxury buy, I think, for PSG. They already had Mbappe. They already have Neymar. They have Di Maria. I mean, they have plenty of players. Yeah, of course, they're not Messi, but they do the job, and they're very good. And they added some pieces that were already going to make them successful in the spine of the team with Sergio Ramos and Donnarumma and Vinaldum, and then... Every time I watch Hakimi play, I still can't believe that Real Madrid let him go. Different conversation for another time, but but they've done enough there, I think, to strengthen that team and, and make them Champions League contenders, not only regaining Liga. Yeah, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I think it's the I think it's the opposite, only because of the fact that you now have like when I look out in terms of like the biggest return over a season, it's gonna come down to very few moments that they need to get results in games, squad rotation that we saw when Man City ran away. It was because of the depth of the squad. And Messi, obviously, you don't want it to be a Neymar situation where it's like for seven games, he's gone and he comes back and they play him 20 minutes and you're like, what What are you paying for? But now they have multiple players that you can say <laughs> that same question and it doesn't look as bad. Whereas Ronaldo, you know, get him in the box, get him in positions to score, I think is great. But there's still that risk is that at what point is he going to be the center of attention, which is the moment he steps on the field, and and therefore everything around all the other tools take time to adapt to one single player, who again, I think over time continues to have a, a more diminishing return in terms of how much attention he seeks, how the game has to be played around him, how his game has evolved, which has been spectacular, but just ultimately in the same way that, that Zlatan was, and you see now uh, in, in, in Serie A without him, the team can play a little bit differently. When he's on, best player, best player by far. But when he's not, the team plays a little more fluid, a little bit differently. So I, I still think PSG get more out of this because they've just had this unbelievable window. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see. I just well, want to jump fun. in and say with yeah. Cristiano really quick, Luis. I just, I feel like when I watched United play against Wolves, and we're happy to segue into this game if you like, but they still lacked a bit of an identity in this particular game. And, and this could be an okay time for Ronaldo to insert himself into the conversation. Cavani... Even though he got on the field late today, he hasn't started yet. So they're still trying to work out how Jaden Sancho can be most effective. Obviously, Mason Greenwood's put the team on his back and scored three goals in three games, which is great to see. He's going to need minutes as well. So how do you bring him in? What's that midfield going to look like? There's still a lot of question marks for this Manchester United team. Thankfully for them, they're still getting results because they do still have a little bit of that quality. And David De Gea made a couple of massive saves today. But I still feel like Cristiano Ronaldo... When I look at Juve, you can tell Maxi Allegri wants to play a certain way and Ronaldo probably doesn't fit into those plans. But when I look at United, I could still see a nice wholesome place in the middle uh, or even if he drifts out wide left where, where Ronaldo can, can find a nice. And he's going to be motivated, too, in a way that I don't think he maybe was with Juve. So I'm curious about this United one just to play like re-devil's advocate. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I think it's a good point. Uh, not to discount anything, which, by the way, I still think United is definitely a luxury by uh, buying Ronaldo as well. Mm-hmm. Just because a few months ago, you know, there were protesters outside Old Trafford because of the way the club was being uh, run. All right, listen, let me ask you this. Uh, which returning hero will have a greater impact on his team? Ronaldo or Lukaku? Looking ahead. I think I think Lukaku, uh, only because of the fact that if you watched in this uh, against Liverpool, and again, we don't have to get into it too much uh, on that game just yet, but he found a way to provide just opportunities down a man to create goal-scoring chances. I think Ronaldo, from a business standpoint and all these things, is going to be unbelievable for the club. And to Jimmy's point, I think they were missing, they are still missing some of these pieces that I think he can bring to this team. Uh, however, I, I, I still go back to like just, I didn't know what Chelsea... I spent all last season wondering what Chelsea was missing. And then when Lukaku stepped on the field, in a number of different circumstances, right? Uh, and d- against different teams, different styles of play, I'm like, that's the answer. And I don't think there's been a... There's never been a time that I haven't gone like deep, looking deep into tactics or the depths of the internet to find an, an issue when you're looking at the rotation of 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 Havertz and Pulisic and Mount and, and, and Werner and all these guys last year. And then you look and you go, okay, all those guys are now much better players having this guy around. So in terms of overall impact, that's who I'm going with. I would say the same. I think Lukaku will probably have a bigger impact. I think in terms of filling a void, it was something that Chelsea lacked a little bit in some capacity last season. And now you have that out and out number nine and, and, you say that, right? And then you see Olivier Giroud score twice today for AC Milan. It was time for them. You see, you see Tammy Abraham absolutely blowing up for Roma, I which I, I love to see. So it makes you wonder about what Tuchel did or didn't see in these guys. But I think pound for pound, obviously, Lukaku is one of the best number nines in the world, if not the best, even though Lewandowski just had a hat trick. I mean, all the number nines are blowing up right now. But, yeah. but, but there's something about his style in particular, and obviously his love for the club that I think will help you know, it's a little bit different when you love a club and your dream was to play for that club. And, and Ronaldo, obviously coming back as a legend of the club, it, there's just a little different, something different that I think you feel different inside of yourself because you're playing for something that you really loved and adored. Can I, yeah, can I, I make think, one more point on yeah. that, Luis, real quick? The one thing I want to give Ronaldo credit for is going back to the Premier League with his reputation. Mm-hmm. No one that is at his level or at the height of their game goes there because it is hard. And it is, you have to scrap, like you have a chance, you have to finish your chance. And I think, obviously he came from the league and he understands it and he believes that he can dominate in it. But like the messy to city thing and, and all that stuff I think was close. But most players, and, and take go even a tier down that don't spend most of their career hey, hey, there. Zlatan don't, wants a word with you, but, but go ahead. Keep yeah, going. yeah. <laughs> that, that is true. Most of them don't want to go there and 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 push themselves. There's a number of players that are goal scorers or marquee players or world-class players, whatever you want to call them, that numbers would not be the same or the challenge is different. And so I could I, I have a ton of respect for him putting himself in that environment at mm-hmm. a club, by the way, that that People are now going to be like, well, now now they've got to win everything because Ronaldo yeah. is there, and well, you know, he's, they, and he's they thirty six. Yeah. He's thirty six. That's pretty. Our producer saying, huh, huh, "Excuse me, Tiago Silva. He's a center back desk. <laughs> calm down. Let's calm down. All right, listen. We're going to take a break. If you're listening in audio, if you're watching this on YouTube, we're going to keep on rolling. When we come back, your biggest winner of the weekend, your biggest loser of the weekend, and I bet I can guess a few of those. Kego Lasso weekend recap. We'll. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Be right back. Hey, everybody, we're sticking around here. We're still on YouTube. We're still on audio. We are going round the recap. And let's begin with you, Jimmy Conrad, the biggest winner of the weekend. Who do you think? <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to probably focus on the two clubs in Rome. I thought that Jose Mourinho has done very well in his first two weeks. Seven goals in his first two games in charge and back, back in Serie A. You know, for as much heat as he gets in particular for being very defensive, for parking the bus and all that, this team looks very good. And yes, maybe the opponents are at the top, top of Serie A. Uh, that, that's okay. You still have to go out there and perform. You want to build some confidence and, and kind of have a nice runway into starting some of those bigger games. And those are, those are coming soon. But I also want to give a shout out to Maurizio Sarri. Lazio put set, excuse me, six past Spezia. Uh, I think they look very good. Sorry ball is, is alive and well. Uh, Chiro the Hero Mobley scored a hat trick in the first half. Missed a penalty, could add four goals in the first half. I mean, they are clicking, and it, and it seems like they bought into Maurizio Sarri uh, very, very quickly. So I'm, I'm excited to see how both clubs from Rome continue to push on here in Serie A because uh, I, I feel like the league's wide open. It really is. Absolutely. Heath, your winner? My winner. Hmm. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to. I got to go with, uh, I actually think that, well, actually, I'm going to save the loser for the opposite side of, of the winner. <laughs> I'm going to actually go with Wolfsburg. Perfect to start the season. I think, you know, it's easy to go with some of these, the, the bigger clubs are storylines, but they 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 beat uh, Jesse Marsh and, and Tyler Adams and uh, RB Leipzig. They're nine points. John Anthony Brooks has been fantastic. One of the best center backs in the yeah. league and has proven to be potentially one of like the top couple. Uh, and so the Bundesliga looks a little bit on its head and, and uh, same same with the Premier League, where there's only one team, I think it is, that's perfect after after three games. And and so, it's yeah, it's an exciting time. And so I'm going to save my biggest loser for, for what I was going to say before. But yeah, that's why I'm going to go with my biggest winner. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with my head, Mikhail Antonio. Probably yeah, nice the most informed player in Europe right now. Unbelievable the things he's doing right now with West Ham. We were all worried about West Ham a little bit, right? Jesse Lingard, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm, there and mm -hmm. stuff. He's uh, the only focal point for West Ham. And we thought, oh, what's going to happen? They completely destroy uh Leicester City and and I, I believe the the final result was a well a draw this week and still Mikhail Antonio is absolutely killing it. Three games, four goals, three assists. Crazy. Better than yeah, Erlen Howard yeah. at this point, no? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean uh, uh, we got not, not better than Giorena, but yes, uh, right, right. I do I do want to give a shout out though. And I, see, I see Derek <laughs> says Chelsea. And I and I agree going to, to Anfield and getting a point, which I think we correctly predicted would be one one right it was going to be a draw we nailed that so i maybe i'm the biggest winner here but i want to give a shout out to Tottenham. there's the ego and, again Heath. there's the and, ego and, again. 
I never that, said yeah, I didn't have an ego. I'm just saying I, Cristiano Ronaldo has a massive one. A massive, I was massive ego. By the have way, you seen his statue in Madeira? Like, yeah. we've seen how big his ego is, okay? Quote, unquote. Like, who makes oh, a statue of themselves with, with an elephant trunk in his shorts, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, different conversation. That's, <laughs> maybe that's not appropriate. But I, I do want to say that, that Tottenham deserves some love. Three straight 1-0 wins. And they're on top of the table. And their biggest rivals, Arsenal, are on bottom. And and well, that that's has what we're to, going, Jimmy. That that's has to feel going. amazing. And so, yes, they are probably the clear biggest winners. And so I apologize for not mentioning them from the top. Jimmy, we're sticking here because now we're going to the biggest loser. And uh, sorry, Heath Pierce. I feel like this is now just a, uh, an instinct <laughs> yeah. and a tradition to go bed. Clearly, there's only one loser now. Don't you think? To both yeah, of you. But, but to save myself, let's I, I, all say, let's all say the biggest loser all at the same time after three. <laughs> one, two, three. Arsenal. Liverpool. <laughs> what do you mean, guys? They played up a man, and they should have been able to win that game. And that was their opportunity. They didn't create a ton of a ton of good chances against the Chelsea side that were down a player for for a half. Like you can't win that game. Let's go. That's why they're my biggest loser. They yeah, should expect. Is, they're deflecting. I, <laughs> deflecting. That's why. Why do you think when I was like, I'm going to give my biggest winner to Chelsea, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to turn Heath. it into the biggest loser so that I can deflect Heath. from. The Arsenal, Arsenal conversation is about to happen. I'm saying Arsenal Liverpool had guys. I'll let you guys take possession in the second half. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because of yeah, 18% possession overall, only yeah. one shot on goal or one shot in total. I don't even know if it was on goal. I actually think the biggest loser is not the team. I think it's Shaka. Mikel Arteta. Xhaka, <laughs> Xhaka. Uh-huh. I mean, we could argue the Pogba tackle was very similar to Xhaka's in some capacity. Uh, Ruben Neves just needed to sell it a little bit better. but And Cancelo did sell his a lot better. Yeah. But Jaka's got a bit of a reputation that maybe Pogba doesn't in terms of those types of tackles, and I think that works. Well, how long do you give Mikel Arteta, Jimmy Conrad? Uh, it can't last much longer. They play Norwich coming out of the international break, and I feel like, do you give Antonio Conte or whoever you're considering this international break to really kind of get his teeth into the team as quickly as possible? And would or do you Conte wait to see? Here, would Conte go to Arsenal? Because he didn't sign. For, he left Inter because the plans didn't work financially and on the field. He didn't join Tottenham because of the same reason. Why would he join Arsenal when they can't give him anything, at least from an economical perspective? He likes control. And now they don't have a great great team per se or they're not playing well per se but if they can give him a lot of control then i think he would come i mean that's that's what you i think that's the selling point with arsenal we'll give you a ton of control this fix us (laughs) yeah so so i i don't know for me for me arteta do you let him have it against norwich is when they come back that's a relegation scrap right now in week four so if he loses that if you lose to norwich it's i mean you have to fire him after that i mean there's just no you can't there's nothing you can stand on at that point. Yeah, so, I agree. You I don't know. You said, by the you way, said from, small uh, goals. You say yeah. if Josh Sargent scores and you lose to Norwich, <laughs> you're out. Uh, Listen, a great, comment here from, uh, great comment from uh, – I'm sorry the image is uh, small for me. For Wessel Ferdis, Arsenal's biggest loser. I forgot about the fact that they're doing the uh, Amazon's all or nothing right now. That's so you can, take, you can take the all or out of that. Uh, Heath, I'll ask you, Arsenal fan – how long do you if they don't win against Norwich, win, not draw. If they don't win, Arteta. I, I I think I think it's a dangerous game. I think you you the writing is on the wall on his ability to own that locker room, the respect that he has, the player, the cohesion of the team. And I think if you start to go down this if they win thing, you're gonna get just enough to not make a choice. And not yeah. making a choice on this is the most dangerous thing that the club can do, right? Is they just go, let's take it week by week, and maybe you get a run of form. And then you find yourself at Christmas going, asking the same question. If they lose 
the first game. Or if they go on another bad run, we'll make a change. It's clearly not working. I think they're stuck between two minds of playing young players and the and the club and the style of play and the history. This reminds me of Man United for a long time, where now they've even lost the excuse of saying we didn't spend money because they've spent money. Mm-hmm. And so now they've literally ran out of all these things where it was like, we need another transfer window. We need to, we need funds. Right. We need to move some players out that are cancerous. We need to bring in some, you know, youth. And, and now you're just out of like boxes mm-hmm. to check as your excuse to get you onto the next week that it's better to just rip the bandaid off, make the change that you need to, uh, like Jimmy mentioned. And maybe the, the, the international window doesn't change anything, but maybe it does. Maybe it's the right time to just say, Hey, cause, cause again, Arsenal is on on paper good enough to get you two results to forget about how bad it is. Now you're back middle of the table and then you go through this again two months later and you go, well, is it enough to make the change? Like this is a mid table club right now. That's now sitting at a relegation zone, zero points. I I think you you've got it. You've just got to do that and make that statement to the fans. You got to make that statement to the club, to the players that no one's safe and let somebody come in here. That's like, okay, this is, my way or the highway, which I think can be can be important. You just got to get it right. I yeah, honestly crazy. just just to jump in on this really quick, and I actually found the odds for the next Arsenal manager, and I'll read those to everybody. Okay, but Go ahead. but 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 before I get there, imagine you're Arteta and you're looking at who's available for you to choose. Okay, and you're like, we're gonna play a five four one crazy ass Christmas tree uh, formation against Man City, and we're gonna we're probably gonna give up eighty percent possession. And, and you're looking at the thing, you're like. Uh, yeah, close <laughs> that sucks. Okay, uh, holding. Oh my god, and then Chambers and then Cedric. Like, I mean, just I'll just hand in my resignation. Like, you just don't have any chance against a team like Man City. So, I don't know whether I should feel bad for Arteta that those are his choices for him, and that you know, Gabriel's hurt, Ben White is hurt. Like, these guys are not available that they've invested money and time into. Pablo Mari hasn't necessarily lit it up since he's been playing this season. I just it's crazy to me that that this is where they are. That this our Arsenal team is is in this situation. It just, I mean, just the mismanagement. It's not down to Arteta or the players. I mean, it is. This has been happening for a while. So anyway, odds. Brendan Rodgers is actually the even money odds to k- take over at Arsenal. I don't know why he'd no, want to step down and do that. No Ed, chance. Eddie Howe three to one. Antonio Conte six to one. Graham Potter ten to one. Ralph Husenhuddle eleven to one. Christoph Galtier, which I think would be a fantastic hire from Nice now. He helped Lille win Liga last time. 12-1. Roberto Martinez, the manager of Belgium, 14-1. Paulo Fonseca, who's still out there. Coach Roma last season, 14-1. And Gasparini from Atalanta, 14-1. That would be another tremendous hire, too, but he's not leaving to take that job. No chance. Yeah. Well, well, those are the odds. And by the way, I think back to Heath's point, this is is multifaceted, these issues with uh, Arsenal. So we're going to have to keep our eye on that one. By the way, let's compare Arsenal's situation because North London controls the narrative here from the bottom of the table to the top. Nuno Spirito Santo is doing the business right now. He may not be thrilling you with goals with Tottenham, but they're taking care of business. They already beat Man City. They get another win today as well against Watford. Human Son gets his 200th goal, I believe, which is pretty impressive. Heath, Tottenham, Hotspur, top of the table. Yeah, it's for me, the difference is exactly as you teed this up. Spurs haven't been great. They've just been good. But more than anything, they've been collectively good. Like, they haven't had a ton of super performance. I think Sun's obviously been phenomenal and in, in, in the face of the Harry Kane controversies of him potentially leaving. He's picked up that team. He's made a statement to the club. He's done all these things uh, to carry the team through this. I think Deli Ali's been a, a uh, from where we saw him in terms of lack of confidence, a completely different type of player, the way he's tracking back, working hard, helping the team. But that all goes back to 
people have bought into this system, right? I don't think they bought into Mourinho. I think they did it because they were asked. This system has them believing that there is an outcome of which they can both work hard and benefit, but also enjoy it a little bit. And it just looks collectively like they get into situations in games. It's 1-0, and they look like they have just enough control to get three points, and then they get them. Um, and I think we've, for a long time, because we have so many super clubs in the world, we've forgotten what it's like to grind out result after result after result in a way that's just like, this team was 60%, that team was 40%. You know, And this team was just where you can just feel that lean where it's like, they're not playing great, but this other team's having trouble finding a rhythm, getting back into the game. And all those little small details when it goes down to 50-50s and scrapping and pressure cover balance on a team, they have all bought into this system. And that is a very hard thing to play against regardless. And that's what, uh, not to go back to the Arsenal thing again, that's what's lacking. When you look at some of those balls coming in from wide positions, you look in the box, no one's got a hand on a guy around them. They're just sort of like, I'm taking space and that player's not good enough to put a ball around me or over me or behind me to a player that's next to me. Like there's not this like, I'm not going to let the team down. It's like a lot of ball watching, positioning, body positioning, all those things where I, as Spurs, they just look like they're like, we don't know what's going to happen in the long term of the season, but right now we buy into this coach, we buy into the system, and we're looking around left and right, and we're saying, I'm going to fight for you and you. And that's a really powerful thing, especially early on in the season. Yeah, what I wanted to add to Tottenham is that they got out-possessed in their first game against Man City, but but showed a lot of that grit and I think determination and, and collective uh, confidence and collective, we're going to do this together feeling that Heath is talking about. And that was a big boost. Uh, not only to to the team, but to the fans and to Nuno, I'm sure, as well. Then they actually hit the road for the Conference League and lost 1-0 to a team they should never lose to, even if they roll out their B squad, Pacos. And, and they ended By up the way, that was the one happy moment for Arsenal fans this year. This year. <laughs> exactly. But, but I wanted to say what I think is really telling about that, and I think losing to a team they shouldn't lose to was probably important to see for the, for the team and the players because – we know we've already seen the documentary about how Mourinho treats his players when they lose, right? And it's not very kind. And I think that was a big opportunity for Nuno to come in and say, and to treat them different. And, and they responded in kind. Now, when they played Wolves, Wolves were very good that game. And Traore, if he just had a little bit more quality and composure in the attacking third, maybe that would have been a different scoreline. But they got out in that one. But they did enough. And, and, and Lloris is making key saves. He wasn't doing that so much last season. And then in this one, I thought uh, they were very good. And, and were more balanced, had more possession. And it just seemed like they're continuing to buy in and buy in and buy in. And so I'm, I'm curious to see how this international break goes and how they come out of it as well, because uh, they seem to have this nice identity. And as Harry Kane starts to kind of get reassimilated into his team and like, OK, I'm back here now, like fully. He still feels like he's still trying to get his mind back into where uh, they want him to be now that his kind of dream has passed of joining Man City. Who knows? Maybe this is the time that they win that trophy. I don't know. But they've got a team that so far looks pretty good. But they're going to hit some adversity, and that's going to really show us what the Spurs team's all about. Well, the only perfect team in the Premier League. And by the way, you know what? I'm not going to say this uh, often, maybe never again, but hats off to Daniel Levy because he stood stoic and he said, you have a contract, Harry Kane, and you're not going anywhere. And we're going to try and figure it, figure it out with our new sporting director to try and see if we can persuade you that this plan is working. And, and it is as of the, of course, very early, but so far, so good for Tottenham. All right, let's talk about uh, fantasy for a second. Fantasy Premier League, because uh, obviously it's a big, hot topic uh, a lot of people are always like trying to figure out who, who who's doing well who isn't um 
Uh, but let me give you some scores in the meantime in the Premier League from this weekend. Aston Villa drew with Brentford. By the way, Everton, you know, they're still doing their thing under mm-hmm. Rafa Benitez. Of course, they beat Brighton 2 nothing. Newcastle and Southampton tied 2-0. West Ham Palace tied 2-0. Burnley and Leeds tied 1-0. Liverpool and Chelsea tied 1-0. Uh, we talked about Tottenham against Watford and United won 1-0 today against Wolves. Who's your, uh, you know, even if you don't play fantasy, who would be uh, your, your your player of the weekend, uh, would you say? Jimmy? Uh Points wise, I'm going to go with Ferran Torres. He had two goals and I think he had an assist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikel Antonio, though, I think from the start of the, the season till now is the guy in fantasy, especially because his value, if, if you guys do play, it's like 7.7, which is ridiculous. Like Bruno Fernandez, in contrast, is 12 uh, with regard to your salary cap on fantasy Premier League. So, yeah, I mean, Mikel Antonio is uh, not only getting all the points, but for that value is, is, is pretty incredible. But I think out and out Ferran Torres, is, I think, was the number one point getter. Yeah, Heath, do you play fantasy? I, I, I'm not playing this year. I, I have played in the in the past, but the player that I would be, I'm not sure what his value is. Maybe Jimmy knows is Gundogan. Obviously, never put up more than six in a season last year. Seventeen. He looks back in form in terms of being an attacking threat for for a midfielder, uh, and one that that obviously I think is going to have to carry a lot of this load again uh, if he is in form to create these chances and get into good spots in the box and 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 create goals and assists. Yep, no, absolutely. Emiliano Wendia came good for me this weekend, finally. All right, let's talk some USMNT. And by the way, before we do that, two minutes left in Atlético Madrid, Villarreal game. Villarreal is leading 2-1 right now. Two minutes left in stoppage time. We'll, we'll keep you updated right there. But let's talk USMNT for a second. All right, we know the roster. Greg Berhalter, by the way, as I'm talking this coming up week, Heath and Jimmy, you're going to see and hear more from them, by the way. They're going to preview. They're going to recap. going to have some guests as the USMNT get ready for World Cup qualifiers. Um, so that is that. But Heath, let's begin with you. Uh, El Salvador USMNT preview. We're going to do some live recaps, et cetera. What are you looking forward to as they, the USMNT get ready for El Salvador, their first game? Yeah, it's really interesting, right? We've never seen a condensed schedule like this. And I don't want to go too much into it because, you know, uh, I, I think there's there, there there's plenty of time to go uh, more in depth. But how do you roll out your team over three games? That's the biggest thing that I'm curious about. You've got your first game against El Salvador, right? The weakest of, of, of the games, I think. A team that's probably going to sit back, but it's an away game. And then you've got two more games that you most certainly outside of maybe your back line can't keep the same lineup for three in a row. And so I'm wondering, do you do you sort of mix your team for match one, go into the Canada game for match two, and then you're going away back to Central America against Honduras. So I think there's a, a lot to really figure out uh, in terms of strategically, not just how you manage the schedule, but how you go to El Salvador and make sure that like you're not just trying to get a point in your first qualifier. Um, and maybe by the third one in Honduras, you're thinking one point to three points is great away from home. And so... You know, and now with Timo Weah getting going out injured, you start to look at something different. Brendan Aronson's been in great form, and so yeah, Pulisic. I think they said if he tests negative, he can go into camp. Uh, and so there's a lot to 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 work through in terms of how you put out this lineup uh, in this in this the first match of of significance in this octagonal. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'll disagree with Heath on on those points, but it's funny because you have to think, at least from a coaching staff, about all three. But as a player you have to really be focused on the first one. We need points. We, we obviously had the, the, I, I call it the nightmare or I call it a lot of different things I, that I can't say here on camera, but, <laughs> but, but us not qualifying for the 2014 world cup 
it's still there. It still lingers. And if we don't get a good result, it's just going to start to bring up that narrative again that we don't need. Yeah, sure. A lot of the players, most of the players are different. Uh, Christian Pulisic, I think, might be the only one of the only one true holdovers. But but still, it's we got to get off on the right foot. And and it's not easy to play in these away games. And I know we're going to get into it a little bit more, but uh, I'm excited about this. I, there's a lot to break down, not only for our country, but for the other ones we're competing against and, and all the other nations when they're trying to qualify for the World Cup. And obviously all the storylines about whether players are going to be allowed to go or not. We're seeing uh, Lo Celso and, and Christian Romero saying, we're going we're going to play for Argentina and basically you can't stop us. So mm-hmm. there's obviously a, a lot of things we can we can get into for these these previews. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how the U.S., especially now being the champions and, and the expectations of, oh, wow, we won two summer tournaments. Let's see what this team can do now. Hey, Absolutely. Luis, one last thing just before we keep moving on on this. Uh, Jimmy meant 2018 World Cup for anybody that... Yeah, sorry. Uh, you, he said 2014, and I know I the, just, inter- the internet's a horrible place. That's true. They're, and they're I didn't want me. somebody to go after Jimmy and be like, Yo, you don't you don't watch the game anymore? You're off yeah, for four yeah. years. Dude, what's wrong with your ego? You know? <laughs> yeah, you got the ego? internet is a horrible place? Yeah, one, <laughs> yeah. One, one, yeah that's an understatement. <laughs> I could just I just know that if I had... Like if I yeah, had yeah, heard yeah. that later, I'd be like, "Oh man, here here comes the army!" You know, they're coming right, after right. me to take me away for getting uh, something wrong. So he I wanted... doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about. You were off by four years, yeah. man. You weren't even within four years. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. Your uh, ego, Jimmy. Your my ego. ego. My ego's in the way. It's just it's thinking for me. By the way, Atlético Madrid ties it at the very end. It was an own goal in the last moments of the game. Atletico Madrid ties it. It's 1-0 against Villarreal. There was a shot of Unai Emery. He wanted to kill himself. It was like <laughs> crazy. It's it's a bit it's a bit Is too it, early, right? To, I, uh, I assume Angel, Angel Correa was involved because that guy's up for ball and door. He just, all he does is score goals for Atleti this season. Every single he, goal, actually. <laughs> he literally was involved. It's it's absolutely amazing. One of the winners, by the way. Incredible. Incredible. But anyway, that is it. That is our weekend recap. Don't forget, Ice, I mentioned, by the way. Oh, yes. And our producer just uh, said, by the way, three games in and nobody is perfect in La Liga. Yeah, they need to bring in uh, like an Mbappe or something. Mbappe or something. Yeah. Just you bring think? a spark back to this league. Yeah. <laughs> It might be a bit pricey. Get your Venmo yeah. out. Uh, yeah. You never know. All right. But anyway, that's our weekend recap. Final thoughts from these two. Uh, Heath Pierce. No, you mentioned Unai Emery, and I just thought about Arsenal and the faces he was making <laughs> while he was there, too. So I don't think that's the first time he's he's uh, he's made that face. <laughs> that's very true. Jimmy? No, just another great weekend of games. Obviously, a lot to talk about, but I'm excited about this international break. So I look forward to uh, sharing that with everybody who are loyal listeners of the pod. Wait, I, 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 wait I got one more thing. Go okay. watch the Brian Rodriguez goal. LAFC. Oh, LA so that was so good. That was so one good. of the most unbelievable goals I've seen in a long yeah. time. Ridiculous. Where, yeah, I, I've very rarely do you watch something back like a hundred times and you're like, wow, this is like, this is a time capsule that will live on forever as something great. Well, until next week and when somebody goes, yeah, but it's just MLS. Yeah. Yeah. Call it soccer, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go and watch that. It's unbelievable. You know, you can save yourself the 90 minutes if you, if you, if you're not a big fan of the league, but the game itself was phenomenal, by the way. No, no, Carlos Vela, no problem. Trafico always delivers. Always delivers. Always. Both teams, delivers. Both teams yeah. held the lead at different times and Heath, ended up. You in are a, a here. You're an Angelino. Who runs LA then right now? 
I mean, it, it's hard. Uh, well, definitely Galaxy right now. I mean, this Galaxy. season, they won more MLS traditionally, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. More MLS than else. Forever, it's been Galaxy. The last couple of years, though, LAFC have stolen the attention from Galaxy, which has forced Galaxy to have to really dig deep and go, what's our identity? How do we improve the stadium environment? How do we change these things? Of course, when you look anywhere in the stadium, you'll see the trophies that they have. And so they'll always sort of be in control until LAFC can go beyond supporter shields, which I think they have two, and, and, and win an MLS Cup. But... Those games are are phenomenal, and you can call them fabricated, and that there's no history, but um, they are they there is a tension uh, within them, and they bring out the best in in, in everyone, which you know was started by by Zlatan. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, you concur, I guess. So. Oh, 100. I think I am. I uh, born and raised in LA, and I'm I'm excited that there's two teams in the city. I always thought that that was going to raise the level of the game, and when you have somebody who's that close, it's always challenging you. I think both clubs are better for it. So I'm excited that these games go out there and there's something. There's always a little extra juice. I don't care about the history or not. Once they step on the field, there is juice and the, the history is being created right in front of our eyes. So imagine what it's going to look like 10, 15 years when there's so much more to dig in, dig into and more trophies, I'm sure, shared between the two. Absolutely. Such a young derby, but it's an unbelievable derby. It always <laughs> delivers. It's absolutely amazing. By the way, in the East, keep your eye on NYCFC. I watched finally for a long time their full game. They, they're pretty impressive. Maxi Morales. Mm -hmm. Tati Castellanos. MLS is fun, man. Get on the bus. All right, listen. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Please, please, please. Kegolasso needs you always. Our family keeps on growing. Jimmy Conrad on Twitter, Instagram, Heath Pierce as well. LMH Chegara. If you don't know my last name, I now shame on you, by the way. It's not <laughs> that difficult. All right, but Heath, thank you so much, brother. Thanks for having me. Jimmy, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.